0: great and mighty highly exalted and may every sinner be saved in jesus name thank you god for our fellowship in the gospel bless us now as we look toward your word in jesus name we pray amen amen you may be seated it's good to have all of you here with us today so glad that this situation or circumstance whatever you want to call it that we're in right now it has not stopped you from coming to the house of god and fellowshipping together with us and we praise god for that and we pray that nothing will ever keep us from the fellowship if you have your bibles with you today we're going to go back into the book of philippians in our series about the joyful life today we're going to read from chapter one and when we find that, we're going to read from verse 12 to 18 as we are going through this book from beginning to end. Today's sermon is titled Reasons to Rejoice. Do you have a reason to rejoice today? Is there a reason in your heart, a reason in your life to rejoice, to have joy, to give thanks? Well, Paul is going to teach us some of the reasons he had for rejoicing. So let's turn to Philippians chapter 1. Let's stand together, and I will begin today at verse 12. Remember, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi, and this letter is coming from him, and while it's being written, he's in prison right now in Rome he says now in verse 12 but I want you to know brethren that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my chains are much more bold To speak the word without fear some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill the former preach Christ from selfish ambition not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains but the latter out of love knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel what then Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. Amen. You may be seated. Reasons to rejoice. One of the things that is so evident about the Apostle Paul is that from the moment he became a Christian, his life, his mind his heart were all focused on one thing and that was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to whomever from wherever that was his greatest desire he didn't find joy in comfortable living he didn't find joy in any riches or fame he found joy solely in the Christian life and reaching souls with the everlasting gospel of Christ. And why not? It was the truth. And it was the power of God. Paul was saved by that gospel. And he was a witness to its power to save any and all that would believe in it. So Paul gave his life to be spent by the Lord. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it my life is yours and spend it now however you will in order to save the world God one soul at a time I'm yours use me another thing that was evident about Paul is that he eagerly greatly desired to preach the gospel in Rome Rome was the center stage of the Gentile world. It was the heart of world power and government and authority. Romans were the most privileged people on earth in Paul's day. And everyone wanted to be a Roman citizen. And so if Paul could save Romans, imagine how that would affect the rest of the world. But Paul had that desire to go to Rome. He says for instance in the book of acts and if you can help me with the slides there above me in the book of acts chapter 19 verse 21 it says that he had a purpose in his heart and he wanted he was on his way to jerusalem but he made it known to everyone i must also see rome and then later on in acts chapter 23 while in prison in jerusalem jesus met with paul his presence was made known to Paul and Jesus said to him cheer up Paul be of good cheer you've been a testimony to me in Jerusalem so you must also bear witness at Rome and then of course Paul wrote the letter to the Romans and he expressed a great desire to them and he said so as much as is in me I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also And one day, Paul would finally reach Rome. Only he didn't arrive as a preacher, but as a prisoner. It probably wasn't what Paul had in mind. Maybe he pictured walking into the city of Rome, walking down the streets, visiting the marketplaces, finding some Christian friends, and holding some connect groups during the week. Instead, Paul arrived in chains. He was brought to his prison, and the door was shut. But even from his prison, Paul had reasons to rejoice. And so he says to the church in Philippi in verse 12, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, my arrest, my shipwreck, my journey to Rome, and now my imprisonment, all these things that have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel true from anyone's point of view Paul was in chains and they were very real and they hurt and there was a Roman soldier in that prison with Paul Paul was chained to him and that soldier was very real Paul was limited shut up shut in the door was shut and he had very little freedom so how could he rejoice it's because he kept his heart devoted on that one thing to preach the gospel by any means possible paul his ultimate goal of life was to bring honor and glory to jesus can that be said of you Do you have that one aim in life? We do many things. We're many kinds of people. For me, myself, I am a husband, a father, a pastor, a brother, a son, a grandson. I'm all these things, but even though I do many things, I have one goal in mind. How about you? Is it to honor and bring glory to the name of Jesus? Well, that's what Paul's outlook was. AND BECAUSE OF THAT ONE THING, NO MATTER WHAT HAPPENED TO HIM IN THIS LIFE, HE LEARNED HOW TO BRING IT ALL TO THE GLORY OF GOD. AND THAT'S WHY HE HAD A JOY-FILLED LIFE. THAT'S WHY HE COULD REJOICE EVEN IN PRISON, BECAUSE HE FOUND A WAY TO BRING HONOR TO JESUS EVEN IN THAT PRISON. PAUL WOULD DISCOVER THAT ALL OF HIS SUFFERINGS LED TO THE FURTHERANCE OF THE GOSPEL that word furtherance means to blaze a trail like a pioneer entering into a new land and blazing the trail preparing it for more to come according to paul his suffering his imprisonment was blazing a trail for what for the gospel to enter into rome and to be proclaimed and to save the lost and isn't that exactly what paul hoped for in his life so why not rejoice of course he would rejoice even in prison he learned while in prison not to judge by the sight of his eyes but to see his situation from God's perspective to understand what God was doing in Paul and in doing that he saw that God was in fact doing a mighty work through him and it gave Paul great joy So Paul writes to his friends in Philippi. They were worried about him, and he's about to encourage them. You know, when someone is discouraged, you ever notice that that discouragement spreads easily among whomever that person is with? Well, the same can be said of encouragement. When one person is encouraged in life, it will spread to their inner circle of friends and people in their life. And so Paul wants to speak encouragement to the church in Philippi, and he knows that it'll spread. And remember this, the prisoner, the one in chains, the one who is persecuted, he's the one that is bringing encouragement to the church. You would think it would work the opposite direction, but no, in this letter, the prisoner gives the church reasons to be joyful and to be encouraged it didn't matter what limitations Paul had in the prison in chains locked up isolated those limitations could not stop Paul from blessing the people and maybe you feel that way about yourself maybe you're conscious of what you might feel are limitations in your life and because of those limitations you're just held back And you can't do the things that you would like to do for the glory of God. There are no such things as limitations when it comes to God. Do you know that this past year you know that my daughter went to the hospital in the emergency room and almost lost her life. Well do you know that all through that I was in the ICU room one day and I know that when we first brought our daughter to the hospital and all the the doctors and the nurses were scrambling around trying to figure out what to do. Nobody knew what it, was, what it was. Nobody could figure it out and they didn't know how to treat her. And then one doctor came and she, she sort of took charge and she was a lot more calm and knew about more of what to do. But there was the doctor that they called on the phone and told this doctor who I didn't know, I didn't know what the conversations were, But they would tell this doctor on the phone what was happening with my daughter, and she gave instructions through the phone about what to do. Several times calling back and forth, and it turned out that every instruction she gave saved my daughter's life. And so when I was in the ICU room with Ella and she had just woken up, we heard that that doctor was now at the hospital and coming to see us. And I was excited. I just wanted to meet this doctor. And so I went out to the hallway and sort of looked down and waited a little while. Finally, I saw a nurse coming in. She was walking behind an older woman on a wheelchair. And I looked past them and kept thinking, when's the doctor coming? And that woman in the wheelchair rolled up to my daughter's bed and said, hello, Ella, I'm Dr. Ostry. And I thought, my goodness, you're the one? I felt so horrible that I was looking past her. This woman in a wheelchair. The reason why she couldn't be at the hospital at that moment was because she recently suffered a heart attack. And she has had several. In fact, she was in a coma for several weeks, and she just woke up. And then she was in the wheelchair, and then was available by phone to give instructions to the doctors. No matter what limitations, this woman may seem to have had. God used her to save my daughter's life. And indeed she did. Paul says, what limitations? I'm in chains, I'm in a prison, I'm locked up and shut up. What do you mean limitations? There are no limitations when it comes to the power of God. And Paul realized that. So Paul, gives encouragement in the midst of his persecution and imprisonment and he tells the church in Philippi regardless of what's happening to me God is moving God is working and God's doing a fantastic thing and so Paul is going to tell them three areas where he's finding joy he says in this situation I rejoice." in this one I rejoice and in this one I rejoice what are those three things well in our outline he's going to talk about bonds brothers and bullies you with me bonds brothers and bullies and in these three things Paul rejoices so let's begin with number one bonds in other words his chains his shackles the bonds verse 13. he says it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ the whole palace guard was hearing the gospel the palace guard that phrase comes from the Latin word Praetorium does that sound familiar Does that ring any bells from Scripture, the Praetorium? Do you remember when Jesus was arrested and then he was severely beaten by Roman soldiers? And then they mocked him. They shoved onto his head a crown of thorns, put a robe around him, beat him up, slapped him, spit on him, and then hailed him, King of the Jews. Those men were the Praetorium guard. They were the strong and mighty soldiers of Rome who protected the places of Rome. And it was those kinds of people that beat and punished our Lord. Now, it's these same kind of soldiers, the Praetorium Guard, the Palace Guard, these same kind of soldiers are now hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Do you think it would have been possible for someone like Paul, to just show up in Rome walk into the local Roman military complex gather all the soldiers together and begin proclaiming the good news of Jesus do you think that would have been possible probably not but what if God made Paul a prisoner in Rome then in his prison He would be chained to a roman soldier which he was and not only chained to a roman soldier but that soldier would be swapped out every six hours a new soldier would come and then chain himself to paul every six hours that means in one full 24-hour day paul was in the company of four different roman soldiers now do that day after day month after month and what do you have well knowing Paul eventually that would lead to the whole palace guard hearing about Jesus through Paul's prayers constantly through his singing through Paul's letters through Paul's teaching and through Paul's personal witness of Jesus Christ do you know that in that same prison cell Paul wrote the book of Ephesians And it's in Ephesians chapter six, we read about the armor of God. And Paul is describing armor from the helmet, to the breastplate, to the shoes, to the the shield. Do you know what he's doing? He's describing exactly the armor of a Roman soldier. And so I imagine Paul chained to yet another Roman soldier and he says, hey, hey Julius. Yes, Paul, I'm gonna use you, okay? Sure. I'm going to talk about your armor your helmet your sword your shield your breastplate and I'm going to teach by looking at you I'm going to teach the Ephesians not about the armor made by man but Julius I'm going to tell them about the armor of God and in the way that you use your sword Julius the word of God is our sword and so Julius if that was his name probably stood nice and tall and proud and said go ahead Paul I'm your example what a wonderful testimony Paul must have been to every soldier that was chained to him and so what exactly became evident to the whole palace guard that Paul's chains were in Christ well what does that mean it means first of all those soldiers understood why Paul was persecuted and why he was in chains it was because he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and by believing that his chains were in Christ they also understood that Jesus was in control all these things that were happening to him are being done for Christ they knew that and they believed that they believed that it was Jesus who brought Paul to Rome he put Paul in prison he kept Paul's life in the palm of his hand and this same Jesus was now changing the hearts of Roman soldiers all this became evident because soldiers were getting saved and not only them but in the letter to the Philippians we even find out the household of Caesar was also getting saved by the gospel and these soldiers were thankful The ones that were saved were thankful that the Lord sent such a prisoner to the heart of Rome. All of this meant that Paul's suffering shined a spotlight on Jesus. When they looked at Paul in his persecution and they saw him in chains, they considered Jesus. Think of that. In Paul's suffering, the spotlight shined on Jesus and soldiers were saved and Paul rejoiced in it you know the Lord often leads us into suffering it may not be into a prison cell and chained up but there are many things we suffer through am I right in our families especially right now perhaps in finances in your job in your school there's much suffering that we go through and their suffering that we will go through for the name of Jesus. Are you suffering today in any way? Would you be willing to allow your suffering to shine a spotlight on Jesus? How? How could we do that? Well, I'm sure that in your suffering, people who know what you're going through, they're watching. They're watching to see how your character develops, to to see what's truly in your heart. Because you know when it comes time to suffering, suffering has a way to reveal what's really in the heart. What do people see about your character in times of suffering? What kind of attitude do you display in your suffering? When you suffer, would people look at you and say, wow, You're trusting in Jesus, I can tell. Or will people hear you even in the midst of my persecution or suffering? Do they hear you still giving thanks to God for all that he's done for you and all that he means for you? Eventually somebody is going to ask you, how can you have such a positive attitude even in suffering? How can you still know how to smile then you will say it's because these bonds are in Christ this suffering that I'm going through it's in Christ he's in charge he knows what he's doing he brought me in it he'll bring me through it he'll bring me out of it amen shine a spotlight on Christ in suffering Paul had a reason to rejoice in his bonds number two he also had a reason to rejoice in brothers in brothers verse 14. he says and most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my chains are much more bold to speak the word without fear the Praetorium soldiers were not the only ones taking notice of Paul's bonds but also faithful brothers in Christ also understood what it all meant. They became more confident, knowing that Christ was indeed in control and that a great work was happening through Paul and they could see that. And so now they say, the brothers say, Lord, we also want to be used now. Do a great work in us as well. And they gained confidence paul became an example to them someone to follow in ministry in passion in courage it's like the soldier who sees that his battalion is fearful and hesitant about running into the battlefield to face the enemy and so the soldier picks up the flag and he raises it tall and he runs into the battlefield with a shout of battle And suddenly, every soldier's heart is filled with courage and boldness. And they too run into that battlefield, following behind that courageous one in one unit, together, fearlessly, to fight the enemy. When one of us stands in boldness and in courage, others will follow in like manner. The church needs examples of fearless dedication to the lord for those of us who are maybe considered the older generation of our church that includes me we have a responsibility to be an example to the younger generation so that they when they see us in church and we're worshiping they know it's coming from a sincere pure heart When they see us trying to tackle some of life's challenges, they see us doing it with faith in Jesus, not giving up. They see our testimony, they see our witness, and it's worthy to be followed. At the same time, young people, you are also an example to us. You know, just this past Friday night, we had our Youth Connect group and during connect one of the young ladies of our youth she shared a testimony that she knew Jesus but then she suffered many heartbreaking things in life things that I have not yet to experience but I can only imagine how difficult it was for her and she admitted to us that while she walked through that suffering she walked away from the Lord didn't mean to it's just her her mind got focused on many other things in life and she wandered off to a different path and with tears in her eyes she said but I wanted to go back I knew I needed to be with the Lord and now today I'm with him again and I know that he loves me when she told that testimony that was an example it was an example to me to desire the Lord to want to be with him to know that when i am with god there's my joy there's my life there is everything for me with jesus and praise god he also used her as an example to show us his word is true that when one of us wander away the shepherd will go and he will search high and low until he finds us and when he does he brings us home and in that testimony it was like the Lord was saying see I never fail I never abandon my children let's become examples to each other with Paul's example what did it do for his brothers he says they're beginning to speak with boldness they're speaking the word without fear and that word speaking doesn't mean they're preaching they're not going into public and announcing these things the word speak means they're doing this in private conversation in other words in their daily conversations with friends sitting at the table with family going to their church connect group during the week in their daily conversations they just can't help bringing up Jesus and they're not afraid even though persecution and execution was waiting around every corner in Rome For those who became Christian, even so, they spoke the word with boldness. Why? Because it's true. Amen? It's true. Do you remember the disciples when Jesus was crucified? What was their immediate reaction? They went hiding. They were afraid. They were confused, and they were afraid. And they locked themselves into a room. But continue reading the Bible. You get to the book of Acts. And these men who were scared and hiding, all of a sudden, weeks later, in the book of Acts, they are proclaiming the word of God, preaching the gospel, and thousands of people are getting saved. What happened? What took place between scared and being afraid to proclaiming the gospel with boldness? It's because they knew the truth and that was Jesus died and he rose again that truth is the only conclusion we can come to about why they were so bold to speak that message they knew that one day it would cost them their lives yet they spoke it why because it was the truth and they were filled with the Holy Spirit of God and they preached with boldness we need examples Brothers and sisters who will demonstrate what it means to be faithful, to love, to reach the lost, to care for others, to study God's word, and to stand for the truth no matter the cost. Paul looked at those brothers and he rejoiced in them for their boldness, dedication to the word of God. Last, we have the bullies Paul had some bullies in his life unfortunately they were Christians verse 15 and 16. he says some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill the former preach Christ from selfish ambition not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains as hard as it may be to believe those who perhaps disliked paul the most were other christians living in rome they didn't like it that paul moved in on their territory on their turf in rome they didn't appreciate his soul winning among the roman soldiers and even caesar's household and countless other people they were jealous of paul and they didn't like the attention he was getting from the christian community and so when these christians were preaching they preached the gospel of jesus but behind their preaching was a heart of envy they were jealous of paul and It came from a heart of strife jealousy and strife strife means fighting among the believers and so when they preached it was jealousy and fighting in the same way that Christian love will bring about unity jealousy will bring about fighting and this is what the bullies did and they had a way of mixing their message with complaints about Paul and they probably told other Christian believers don't listen to him he's in jail that should prove to you that there's something wrong with that man they preached Paul says with selfish ambition when they preached they wanted the spotlight on them and they wanted the credit for what God was doing among the people many years ago I worked with a man and I just getting to know him I learned that he was from sort of like a Christian background but not quite he knew something about Jesus but never gave his heart to Jesus he had problems in his family especially with his brother and so I spent many lunch periods talking with him together encouraging him teaching him about the Lord showing him what the Bible says encouraging him and praying for him and many times after work we stayed in our office so we could talk even more about Christ and I encouraged him and prayed for him many weeks of this and finally we had different job opportunities in the same company and so we didn't see each other for a couple of months and then I found out some months later that he became a Christian he gave his life to the Lord and so I was with him with many other people and he told the the story and the testimony about how it all happened and he said his thanks goes to this other man sitting at the table he helped me he taught me about Jesus he prayed for me meanwhile uh, meanwhile I was like yeah and who else did that for you my name was never mentioned and I thought uh hello are you forgetting about me did I not talk to you as well did I not introduce you to Jesus and pray for you countless times how is my name not being mentioned in how you found Jesus and then I thought who do I think I am how dare I attempt to take credit for what God has done in this man's life I should be happy I should rejoice that the Lord has saved this man instead I'm jealous of this other person because I wanted the recognition for what I did what an awful attitude what an awful attitude to have that makes the gospel about me and not about Jesus and I knew right then and there Lord may it never be this way again and thank God I have never felt that way ever again These bullies tried to discredit Paul. They tried to ruin his character and testimony. They attempted to add more affliction to his chains, make them feel a bit heavier, hoping that Paul would remember how much they dig into his wrists. They wanted him to be silenced. They wanted him to feel depressed and hopeless in his prison cell. Are there bullies in your life is there a bully in your life someone who is just watching and waiting for you to make a mistake somebody who's just hoping the day comes where you're going to fail miserably at something and when you do they are waiting to laugh at you and mock you are there people in your life that can be so nasty even the people that you thought should be the closest to you are sometimes the most mean-spirited against you? Are there people that are hateful and hurtful in your life? If so, Paul identifies with that feeling. But no matter what Paul's bullies tried, or how hard they tried, they could not bring him down. You see, because Paul, in times like this, When the struggle is most difficult, when the questions may abound, when doubt attempts to come into the heart, Paul is suddenly raptured up into heavenly places. And he looks upon his life from heaven's point of view. And because he learned to do that, he could say with humility, what then? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? What would you expect me to do in response to these bullies? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, whether it's well-intentioned or bad intentioned, my concern is that Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice in other words he's saying here is my focus and it's been this way since the beginning Christ is preached do I care that the preacher hates me and talks about me not at all just preach Christ because it'll mean sinners will be saved do you know that a preacher a preacher's heart may not always be in a right place But when the gospel is preached and people hear it and believe, God always shows up and he saves the sinner. Therefore, Paul says, and in this, I rejoice. Yes, even if they continue to do what they do against me, I will rejoice because my life is about the gospel and about bringing glory to God no matter the cost to me. So musicians, would you come again? We're going to sing what I think is probably a very familiar song to you. But when we do, I want to leave you with this question. And then you can sort of answer it as we sing together. The question is, would you be willing to give your life to Jesus in such a way that you would say Lord here I am here is my life and everything that's in it spend it spend it however you want if it's in the suffering or if it's in the blessing if it's in prosperity or if it's in poverty this is yours do what you wish as long as you get the glory for it as long as what you do in me shines a spotlight to you would you be willing to say this is my desire to give it all to you for you to spend my life how you see fit amen let's stand together